Welcome to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Join the podcast mogul Phil Better as he interviews successful entrepreneurs that make their living in the digital world. Now, let's join your host, Phil Better, and his special guest today on Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I am, of course, your host with the most Phil Better, and today I am excited to have a guest that helps businesses take their well, more specifically, startups take their business from just starting out to growing, hacking their growth and all that. And he's worked with amazing companies like Google. Uh, wait, I have a whole list. I had a whole list here. Oh, uh, wait. We got Carrius, Carry First, Shop, Shop Rocket, Image to Paint, Yopi, Compass, a whole bunch of amazing companies. Today, I'm proud to have Dan Johnson on the... F- Jesus, I'm messing up my intro today. It's all good. We uh, we all love our days. (laughs) Yes. Dan Johnson from We Scale Startups on. Sir, thank you so much for being here today. Very happy to be here. Uh, Now, Dan, I had an amazing, well, I I flubbed my intro, so I'm going to let you introduce yourself to my audience so that they can hear it straight from the horse's mouth. Can you please just quickly introduce yourself? Sure. So I run WeScale Startups. We're a growth marketing agency for early stage tech, uh, which is a lot of buzzwords to basically say companies come to me. They say, we're here. We want to get to here. What's the most efficient way to do that? Um, And then what I do is I work with them to help them achieve that process. Sometimes that kind of looks like um, uh, developing marketing campaigns. Sometimes there's product development, fundraising, hiring, firing, things like that. It's basically like what's the most efficient first principles way of achieving that. Um, outside of that, I do a bunch of uni lecturing, which is really fun because I, I'm able to give like real world context to some of the stuff that they're learning. Uh, and I mentor with a, a lot of different organizations um, like Google. Um, so that keeps me busy, but essentially my goal is working with startups and helping them grow, helping them identify the problems they're solving, understanding the customers that they're helping and and the like best way to sort of articulate all of that value to to the right people now i was reading some of the uh, thing you didn't go to traditional university right no my grades are awful um (laughs) yeah i I, i've been very insecure about that for a very long time i always admire people who are like you know doctors academics particularly coming from half of my my background um but no i didn't go to university um i'm kind of glad i didn't though because it definitely exposed me to a uh, quite a varied life um and i'm very grateful to to have experienced what i have had um university is definitely an option but i think people should evaluate what's important for them um yeah how so not going to university and jumping straight into the entrepreneurial world, how does how did that help you get so that you could lecture at Cambridge? Oh yeah, because so, <laughs> it seems like Cambridge is a little it's a, it's a big institution. It's one of the big yeah. guys, and you have someone who hasn't gone to university, doesn't have a degree, talking about growth marketing and that. How did mm. how did that come about? Um, so I basically, I was just always involved in startups. Um, I think when I was in school, I realized that, you know, no one's stopping you from sort of creating an idea and then turning it into a a business. Um, so I did that again and again. And the vast majority of the times I I failed miserably and sometimes I did all right. And, 
Um, and I just kept, kept at it. Um, and then, then I was like, well, for me personally, what I wanted to do is try and figure out, okay, cool. The hardest part of starting a business is not necessarily coming up with the idea, but it's, it's scaling it profitably. And I think that's, that's very difficult. Um, so I wanted a brute force at learning, um, by working in a bunch of different startups and, and like identifying what are the patterns that result in successful companies versus unsuccessful companies. Um, and a bit like, um, I think it was Tolstoy who wrote in happy families, all happy families are, are like, or unhappy families are unlike in, in different ways. And by that, I basically mean like growth is actually relatively simple. And there are tons of people who are telling you what you need to do. Um, but most founders don't do it because of ego predominantly. That's the number one thing. And it, it, it blows my mind because, you know, I, I get to work with incredibly clever people, you know, um, got some clients who have PhDs in quantum maths, didn't realize that's a thing, um, you know, ex McKinsey, ex Oxbridge, all these kind of things, but they still make the same mistakes, which is they want, they make decisions based on what feels right rather than looking at the, the data, which blows my mind because it's kind of like, you're so clever. What do you, you know, why are you doing that? Um, but anyway, I digress. So I ended up just doing this for, for a very long time say very long time in 28 so as long as my life is um and and i i really love sharing some of you know particularly the fundamentals because the fundamentals are the same it's it's how well do you understand your customer what is the problem you're solving for your customer how do you, how do you articulate the value proposition in a way that makes sense to the customer um and i was very fortunate to be invited to speak on a program i can't remember which one i think it was the mba program um and um and yeah i spoke to a bunch of the students there and they and and other lecturers have have invited me for other things and so on and so forth but i really do love lecturing because it's really fun um there's definitely a part of me that that kind of enjoys going into those prestigious universities and despite sounding like this my my academic career is is poor um and being able to speak to all these people and also like what was interesting is you know these are some of the creme de la creme and some of the stuff we were discussing was, in my opinion, quite basic. And they, they found it so valuable. And I was thinking to myself, wow, there's so much opportunity here for like real growth uh, and real learning opportunity. I love it. I love it. I love how you're like, I just want to give everybody the knowledge so that they can succeed. Sharing that knowledge is the key thing I find. because I, I mean, it sounds so cliche, doesn't it? It sounds like, yeah. yeah. Like, like what's, what's your, you know, what am I trying to do? Maybe I want to tell people about it, then I'm going to sell them uh, marketing services or something. But it, it's just kind of like, actually, it's, it's simple, but hard. Like the process <laughs> is simple. Um, and I just kind of wish like everyone would, would see that because, you know, the, the amount of people I've seen wasting time and energy because the ego requires them to create a product that they have in their head rather than what their customers want um, it, time and time again. Um, and I feel like you have to get emotionally like burnt. You have to have that emotional scarring in order for you to like understand, oh, actually, let me look at the numbers. Let me pay attention to what my customers are saying. I find the same thing when I'm helping uh, podcasters develop their show. It's very mm -hmm. simple. It's not hard. It's not easy developing a podcast. Like it's a simple structure, but they they say they want everybody. They want everybody, everybody, everybody to listen to it. But there's been countless studies that shown like if you make something for everybody, no one's going to want it because they want to feel special. And when you try and explain that to, to a podcaster, when they're first starting out, 
it, it's hard for them to realize that because they go their first reaction is look at Joe Rogan. No, his podcast is for everyone. But if you actually took time to realize and looked at Joe Rogan's podcast, you see that he has seven. He has about seven different niches that he's in. Mm. All episodes come in, and so it's like you when you said like this is very basic information that you're teaching them, but they're finding it the most valuable. And it's it's super interesting you say that because when clients come to me, I say to them, find the smallest possible niche you can dominate and focus on that. Well, I believe you Americans pronounce it niche. Niche, yes. Um, but um, like that's easier, you know. It's so much easier doing one thing than it is being everything to everyone. Um, I'm super guilty of it at the agency. You know, we're pretty full stack <laughs> app SaaS, ecom, and crypto. Um, but it, it's just so true and. And again, it sounds like, you know, particularly when you're a freelancer or a contractor, you don't want to avoid um, opportunities. Um, but actually, when people think of you as like the SEO for SaaS or something, then, you know, you're the person that they think of. Um, and I think that positioning is really difficult. Um, yeah, and, and comes down to, to ego so often. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it's again, simple, but hard. So why did you get into the world of growth hacking, growth marketing, and particularly in the tech world? Mm, well, I never really wanted to, well, I've never called myself a marketer. Um, and I, I have no real desire to be one. It's more a case of, I had ideas and we needed people to pay me money for the ideas hopefully so it was it was like what's the easiest way to do that well let's learn how to do that myself because i can't afford to hire someone so at the time i was quite a, quite nerdy um and i was building computers and seo at the time was very like logical you know keyword frequency all that kind of fun stuff so i was like sure let me let me just load that up um and then uh, I was running a company called Image Painting, and then literally I had to learn like door-to-door -door sales because I don't know I was like seventeen and I had no experience at all. So <laughs> I was like, "How am I going to sell?" Well, let me speak to my neighbors. Um, and it kind of just naturally evolved from that process. And the reason why I talk about like this fancy growth experimentation stuff is basically that you know, everything I do is educated guesses. It's guesses with numbers. Um, it's a it's a guess about a guess. So I believe this audience will be correct. Um, this is the KPI that we will hit if, if I am correct. If we're correct, fantastic. If we're not, let's learn and move on. And it's, I always thought that adults knew what they were doing. <laughs> and then I realized people don't. But as long as we develop a system behind it, some sort of process, we can fail lots. And as long as we're failing in the right direction, everything is fine. And that's kind of what I, I say growth experimentation is. Um, I'm, I've spent my entire career in the industry. Sorry, my dog makes the weirdest noises that was inopportune time. Um, <laughs> that was that was a very interesting noise your dog made. <laughs> yeah, man. I usually um, I spend five hours a day on, on Zoom calls, so I'm usually very quick to mute. But I, he, he beat me on that one. Um, He's just got a, a cough, unfortunately. Um, but um, I lost my train of thought. Uh, growth marketing. Growth experimentation, yes. It's growth experimentation, yes. So basically, it's, it's 
we need to get customers. What's the easiest way to do that? Let's try it out. If that works, great. If it doesn't, let's figure out why. Let's make sure we're looking at numbers. Let's make sure that we're actually thinking about the problems that we're solving for a customer. And that's that's like it in a summary. Obviously, each one of those you can go very deep on. Um, but it, it's at the end of the day, marketing is all about the relationship between your brand and its customer. And I think that's like super easy to understand. Um, and then, you know, each channel is just a tool in our toolbox. How do we figure out which tool is most relevant for the customer at the time? Um, I came in the field from a very SEO paid acquisition perspective, but I've come to realize like, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter what I want. It matters what, what's appropriate for the time and place. Um, yeah. I like that. I like that. Um, in your, in your career, uh, cause you've gotten to work with such amazing, uh, companies and, uh, able to give these speeches and help develop the next generation, um, has there been a moment that just stands out that kind of like re-solidifies that, yeah, this is what I enjoy doing. This is, I'm on the right path to my happiness, if you will. Um, I have no idea. Um, the older I get, the younger I feel. Ooh, I, I am but a child discovering myself. Um, I am winging every day. Um, like when I was in front of those those students at Cambridge, I was thinking to myself, like, what am I doing here? Um, <laughs> so imposter series kind of pops up constantly in Poster? 99.9% of the time. I think it's a combination of like imposter syndrome and also like no one really knows what they're doing. And actually that's that's kind of fine. That's that's just how adults are. I've been waiting until I, you know, I speak to my dad about this and I say something like, when uh, at what point am I going to feel like a, an adult? And he was like, you never really do. You just kind of like, you know, get on with life um so um you know recently i was in madrid when wednesday and it was with a conference with google um this this mentor conference and what i really love about the google's accelerator program is that pre-covid we used to go to different places and work with these startups and, and really help them and it, it's super fun because it's the most wholesome selfless intellectually stimulating challenging um tiring activity but it's fun because startups are designed to solve problems and i believe that some startups are going to solve the world's biggest problems and if i can help develop processes and systems and infrastructure and share that with people so that they can can tell other people about it develop their own things encourage people to do it because like it's like everything like like it's it's not really that hard um in terms of it's harder here than it really is in, in real life generally um, you know, it's, it's the same with everything. I'm getting my pilot's license at the moment. And in the UK, that's quite a, a rare occurrence. Um, but you know, everyone's like, oh, I couldn't do that. It's terrifying. It's like, if you can drive a manual car, you can, you can fly a plane. It's just got to keep going on and on about it. Um, so yeah, probably digressing bit rambling, but, um, uh, it, it was, it's whenever I meet group of startups and like i think the one reason why i really love what i do is because people don't run a startup necessarily or they shouldn't do because they just want to be a founder but they do it because they're passionate about something and a startup just happens to be the best vehicle for them to execute their passion and by working with these founders i'm working with their babies you know that they it's a cross between arrogance like you have to believe that you're going to succeed where others have failed and you're statistically unlikely to succeed and also 
being humble enough to look at the data. You know, no one is Tim Cook, no one is Steve Jobs. Um, although it's very interesting that if you look at Apple's valuation, it's mass massively increased with Tim Cook versus Steve Jobs. But we all we all think about Steve Jobs. Mm -hmm. um, so it, you know, it's the it's the problem solving, it's the curiosity, it's the passion, it's it's the the intellectual stimulation. That that's that's the bit that I find interesting. Everything else just happens to be a side effect of of what I do. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, no, it, it perfectly does. I, I, so listening to you, you talk, I'm like, yeah, that's, it's true. Everything we're, we're, we're failing forward. Um, I, I love when I get to jump on a call with uh, an, a, a podcaster, an entrepreneur to talk about podcasting and help them f realize how simple and great it is that, and their podcast can end up helping someone be it mm -hmm. in the short term, like you, you're helping uh startups try and solve world problems whereas i'm like hey maybe this person's podcast is going to help one person and that's that's going to help one person either uh clean up their life get on the right road or you know next stage uh solve solve the business problem that they have and that's one of the joys i have when talking with uh podcasters entrepreneurs about a podcast mm -hmm. yeah i mean I, yeah it's it's I also do a lot of mentorship, um, really good fun. Um, yeah, it, it is quite an intellectually challenging like role because you are always thinking about problems. It's also very action orientated because I think when you're, you know, my clients don't care about sort of theory, they care about results and results only. So that can be challenging. I, I, I'm curious to know, do you have like a, a goal, like something in like five, 10 years that you want to, to accomplish? I don't think there's a specific goal that I want to particularly achieve, but there is a process that I'm kind of following, um, which is kind of working for me. Um, and I kind of like perform a SWOT analysis on myself every month or so and think about what it is that is important to me. Previously, it was just financial incentive. And then I realized, like, I was young with a bit of money and, and very, very unhappy. Um, so I was like, okay, obviously, that's not the thing. Um, but, you know, you you particularly as a young person, you follow your ego. Um, and then I was like, oh, so, you know, what is important to me? And I'm still trying to figure that one out. Um, but what I do know is, like, I kind of have some values that are important to me and values that are less important to me. And as I get older, those change, evolve, adapt, become clearer. Um, and I'm just moving in that direction, which I know sounds like a very wishy-washy book, but on a more practical level, um, I'm using a lot of the skills that I learned from working with my clients to develop my own sort of lab. So we scale startups labs. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to create a product studio and just sort of, you know, create startups myself um, that solve problems. And, you know, some of my clients solve some of the world's biggest problems and some of them don't. And that's fine too. Um, you know, no one should be judged for, 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 for anything really, you know, you don't get out of it alive. It's more a case of what do you want out of it? And are you getting it? Are you getting what you want out of it? Um, yeah. Even the small, small startups, they're solving a problem for one individual and that could be solving the world for them. So in a way they're all solving the world's problems just in different ways. Yeah. 
Yeah, I often think about it in terms of the jobs to be done framework, uh, which is a great framework by Clayton Christensen, I believe. Um, and essentially, there's a great graph from Intercom, um, Intercom being the live chat communications platform. They would be very insulted if I called them a live chat <laughs> software. It's just part of their functionality. Um, but basically, they have a, two pictures next to each other. One is a skateboard and the and individual elements of the skateboard. And the other one is a dude uh, going over a jump on the skateboard. And what they're trying to communicate there is that when a person buys a skateboard, they don't buy it for the specific alloy of the ball bearings. I mean, they might, who knows? What they buy it for is the exhilaration, the feeling, the control, this sense of independence that you get from the skateboard. You know, it, it's it, it's the, the emotion behind the reason you're, you're, you're doing what you're doing. And I, that's what I try to communicate with everyone. Um, like every one of my clients are solving one of those. And it's about understanding that. And the more clearly you understand that, the more successful your business will be. And they're very rarely absolutes. But I think that one's quite an absolute. Um, I know I keep going back to it, but uh, yeah. It's no, it, it, it's it's something that I, I've seen over the hundred plus interviews I've done on this podcast with different digital entrepreneurs. It's when you solve an issue for a person or a, a, a niche, if you will, you're saving the world and you'll grow exponentially because you're you look at, OK, how can this how can I solve this problem for, so that people get the results they want? And when you focus on that, you see the most growth you're seeing more people wanting to to support you because you're you're solving their problem and they know others that need that problem solved so they promote you better and it's it's all looking for the best way to solve your your pain point and that's what businesses and startups do so having uh, having a great person like yourself who helps grow and uh, grow growth hack marketing and growth hacking uh, startups so that they can start solving those problems for people is great to have you on the show Cool. I, I I love helping people, talking about startups, talking about growth. I hope this has been valuable. It um, has. And I, I do want to ask you, uh, we have two questions before we come to the end here. Mm -hmm. um, a tip for people uh, to help grow their thing, maybe a, a hacking tip or getting started in the startup world. Okay, cool. So um, what's the best way to describe this? Getting started in the world, there's so much information that's already available there. But what's really important is context, because it doesn't matter how well you understand, like, say, Google ads or any any specific channel. What really matters is strategy. Like, what is your big approach? What problems are you solving? The analogy that I always use, and I'm sure if any of my mentees listen to this or any of my team, they'll be like, shut up, Daniel, but... <laughs> You know, I always say you don't build a house chimney first. You build a house with the foundations first. The foundations are who is, who is my customer? What is the problem I'm solving for them? How do I articulate the value proposition in a way that makes sense? And what is the user journey? So what are the steps that a user takes to go from unaware of who you are and what you do to becoming a loyal and ad, uh, uh, advocate for your company? And I think it's really important that everyone understands that because no matter if you're... Um, you know, the CEO and you're focusing on the product development or marketing or, or anything. Without that information, there's going to be so many questions that you're going to say, huh, I'm not sure about. Like, you, you half know the answer to. And very often, a lot of founders know what they need to do, but they're not sure how to do it. And that's kind of where they, they help me. 
There's a great video about this um, that's been relatively recently released by the very famous Simon Sinek. Um, so obviously he did Wait, Wait But Why. No, sorry, that's also that's a really good blog, Wait But Why. He Simon Sinek did Why, How, What. And more recently, he, he released, a, I think it was a TED Talk or a book called Infinite Games. And actually, there's a really great piece on this there. But essentially, I would encourage all founders, like, write it down on paper. You're probably really good at going to networking events and, and, and describing what you do to other people. But it, having it written down makes life so much easier. Make sure that that all the core information is consistent and you can evolve with it you know uh, companies change over the time you know think about google's first iteration compared to what it is now and it's the same with everything so like write it down listen to the data evolve adapt learn grow keep moving great great advice um so we're going to come to the last question here it's the spark it's by seek discomfort my uh my friends over at yes theory's uh card game uh, where they want to spark conversations and hopefully this can um, help you. Um, what is one thing you would never want to change about yourself? Hmm. I think I can be quite empathetic and compassionate and I, I'd work really hard on that. And that's one of the values that I discussed earlier. And as a result, there's a lot of people that will take advantage of that. And um, my initial response is to hide it, to to not be that compassionate person. Um, but I'm work, working really hard to grow up and maintain empathy. Um, and I'm quite proud of myself for that. Awesome. I think uh, em- we need more empathy in this world to help we with do. it. Um, cause, uh, it's a little too stressful and a little too much hate out there. Um, Dan, I want to thank you. I'm going to jump off the screen here. I'm going to give you the last five minutes. Let my audience know where they can find you, how they can support you. And if they need a, a mentor in their startup, startup world, how they can get in contact with you. Floor sir, Sure. Yours. Absolutely. Um, I'm always happy to talk startups, to talk growth. Um, I love working with early stage companies. So let me know if there's anything it, if you have any questions, uh, my usual websites are wescalestartups.com, danieljohnson.xyz. Um, yeah, you can find pretty much everything about me there. You can also search Daniel Johnson on LinkedIn, and I'll probably be on page 500 because my name <laughs> is incredibly common. Um, but um, but yeah, feel free to connect. Uh, use me as a resource. Uh, I just, I yeah. This, this is my jam. I love I love it. So let me know how I can help you. Dan, I have to thank you so, so much for being on the show. You're an amazing guest. My audience knows that all the links will be in the show notes down below. So if you want to go check out Dan, his website, We Scale Startups, has a lot of free resources for you, um, not just for startups, but for any business, they can use it. Uh, I'm actually going to try and pillage some of it maybe for uh, podcasting um because uh already they're just talking with you you had so such great info and knowledge uh, and i can't thank you enough for being on the show cool thanks phil you're very welcome uh again audience you know the the, the final thing always remember to invest in yourself 